very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of GrowingDentist.com. I'm so excited today because I have somebody who is both a dentist and who has spent the last five years working with 15,000 dental students as well as young dentists. Um, and his name is David Rice. He's uh, the founder of Ignite DDS, which is a community of dental students and young dentists. Also, he's a practicing dentist at East Amherst Dental Center. Welcome, David. Welcome to GrowingDentist.com. Oh, thank you so much for having me. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, for those of our listeners who don't know a lot about you, why don't we spend a few minutes just introducing you to the to the to the listeners and getting started? Absolutely. So, for those of you who don't know me, which I'm sure are many, I have been practicing dentistry for 23 years. I have a, a phenomenal practice with a great team of people in East Amherst, New York, which is a suburb of the very sunny Buffalo, New York. We, um, we've we been working together as a team for 18 years now and uh, have a very, I would say, we have a strong general practice, a strong cosmetic component, but we're we're really all about doing complete dentistry if I was going to label it. And in addition to my private practice, I would say my greatest passion in life is, is teaching and, and being an educator. So after teaching at Buffalo's Dental School for a little better than a decade, as you mentioned, I founded IgniteDDS.com, and our, our goal is to, is to have a community of dental students and young dentists across the country and growing beyond with a focus on, on really changing the face of the future of dentistry and, and giving our, our young dentists a 10-year jumpstart on their success. That's amazing. So you you did dentistry on your own, and then you realized there are a lot of mistakes you perhaps made that you didn't want others making. So you started helping students and young dentists kind of, you know, hopefully make less mistakes. Uh, absolutely. No, I, I and I share. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I share that with people I meet all the time. If if you looked at myself or my my colleagues, my peers, we've we've certainly made every mistake there is to make, and and our our goal really is to help people avoid those mistakes and, and and get to where they'd like to get to in their life or how really however they define success for them as quickly as possible. Right, right. Yeah, one of the topics, you know, I'm kind of curious because you, you kind of uh, wear both hats, right? Of course, you have been practicing for 23 years and of course you've spent the last five years, you know, you know with dentists, especially, you know, even students young dentists and students. So I, I'm sure you notice you are perhaps different from them and perhaps you know some of the older dentists are even more different from them. Is that true? Very true. It's very true. You know, I think if you look at all the potential differences we have, just, you know, it's people are people. So, you know, generationally, we have a major gap that's happening in dentistry and in every industry presently. So if you you look at how a millennial or a Gen Xer versus a baby boomer or a traditionalist views the world, it's very different. If you look at even the makeup of our profession today, 
you know, it's um, it's interesting to me. Uh, the American Dental Association will share, you know, if they have roughly 180,000 members, there's about 165,000 of them who are white men over 65. And that's absolutely not who we are in dentistry anymore. So it's very easy for us to, you know, look at life through our own eyes and, and oftentimes mistake the person that we're having a conversation with or we're trying to develop a relationship with. And, if you and, and, you know, and age is just one piece, you know, culturally, um, religion, men versus women. My gosh, I think the smartest person in the world was men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Um, there's, and then you can get into individual behavior styles. So there are many areas that I believe we often come from a really good space, but it's so easy for us to have conflict because we just don't understand the person who we're trying to build a relationship with. That makes a ton of sense. So you're saying generationally we think differently, we we act differently, and even, you know, male versus female, you know, as well as culturally there are differences. So if as a dentist, and let's say you're trying to work with a younger dentist, you know, you don't understand those things, you could, you know, more often than not fail and spend a lot of time and money without getting anywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and you know, all, all from bringing your very best to the table with a, just a simple misunderstanding of who you're talking to. Right, right. When we talk about the differences and, you know, the misunderstandings um, um, for our audience, let's define maybe who is the Gen X, Gen Y. I'm sure they know it just to kind of refresh their memory. Um, like what's the age uh, typically you're looking at? Sure. So, you know, I, I think it's the easiest way to look at it is if you're, you know, 60 and above, you are living in a in a boomer space if you are in your 40s to 60 you're a gen xer if you are in your late 30s to your late 20s you're a millennial and what's going to be really cool is the first uh group of generation z will enter dental school next year so in four short years we'll have another entire generation entering um as dentists Right. So there's the crowd less than 40, and then there is a crowd between 40 and 60, and then there is 60 plus. So baby boomers is a 60 plus, and then uh, Gen Y is 40 to 60, and then I guess Gen X is, uh, you know, 20 to 40, correct? Uh, just just flip-flop the Gen X and the millennials, yep. So Gen oh, X are 40 to 60, and yep. And you know what? You can talk to 10 different groups of people yeah. and they'll shift those ages by a couple of years, but that's the generality of it. Right. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So millennials is the, are the youngest group and then Gen X is the middle group and then the baby boomers are the older group. Exactly. So well, let's talk about differences. Maybe we can put it into buckets. Um, maybe one bucket could be motivation. Absolutely. That's a great bucket to start with. Yeah. So, book. yeah. What how, what motivates? What what typically motivates these different groups? It's it's fascinating, and and 
Let me ask you this. Would you like to focus? For me, I think the the biggest gap presently in dentistry is the millennial, the Generation Y, and the and the and the boomers. Does that make sense? All right. You think the boomers versus the other two groups? Yeah, I think that that seems to be, you know, the millennials are the young dentists who are, you know, getting out of school, getting out of residency programs. They're two, three, four, five years out of school, and the boomers are the are the dentists who are um, on the tail end of their career mm-hmm. at this stage of the game. Right. So I guess, you know, for me, it starts with mindset. And, you know, baby boomers were taught by their parents that if they work long and they work hard and they do the right thing, that success is going to come. And the interesting reality is, outside of very stable professions like dentistry, that didn't always happen. So although boomer dentists are accustomed to working long and working hard, they're accustomed to putting their time in, they're, you know, they're, they're driven by, you know, walking their talk and, and investing their time. Millennials learned a very different lesson from their boomer parents. And that was, you know, I could work hard, I could work long hours, and I might not get to be successful. So, hence, you know, their label of why. You know, they they learn to question everything. So, where boomers follow directions just because their parents told them to do it, or their boss told them to do it, uh, millennials, Generation Y, are are taught to try to understand why somebody is asking something of them. So they tend to, rather than be driven by long, you know, success over a long period of time, are driven by immediate success. So I've already worked hard. Why should I have to put in another five years or 10 years before I become successful? And that's a major shift in thought process, and it becomes a really big sticking point when you have a, a dentist in his or her 60s having a conversation with a dentist in his or her late 20s as they look at the world. Right. That's fascinating. So the older dentists, just to kind of summarize what you said, uh, the boomers, you know, they did put in the time. So their expectation is you're coming and you better put in the time. And the young guy is saying, no, forget it. My parents put in the time. They didn't get anywhere. So why should I? Spot on. Absolutely. So imagine... I'm a boomer dentist and I'm trying to sell my practice or I still want to keep practicing dentistry and I bring in a young dentist, how easy it would be for me to have one expectation and the person sitting across from me having an entirely different expectation simply because that's what we were all taught. Right, right. And um, the young dentist who are saying, you know, I have already put in the time, why do I need to wait five more years? Like, how do you reconcile this? Like, how do you let these two people see eye to eye? Is it even possible? <laughs> That's the million-dollar question. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, if, you know, if statistically better than 85% of dental partnerships fail, then unfortunately, as a profession, we're not doing a great job of uh, figuring that out. My, I guess my, my experience has been, 
you know, previously as the young dentist integrating into an older dentist practice, and now as a dentist who's been doing this for a while, bringing young people in to practice with me, is it's all about taking a step back, you know, taking a deep breath, and then literally learning lessons about how each generation thinks, what each generation's core values are, um, as well as, you know, other systems uh, of of human behavior, like, you know, Myers-Briggs does a great job. Um, There's a system called DISC, which does a great job. And it helps each of us understand ourselves as well as understand each other. So we can actually sit back and have a conversation and understand that nobody needs to be right or wrong. We're we're just different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it brings up an interesting point. I use something called Kobe, which is kind of the same thing. You're familiar with Kobe, Mm K-O-L-B-E? And uh, yeah, it helps you understand yourself and others. And there is Gallup Strength Finder. That's another tool that I use. And uh, um, it's interesting. And we talked about why. I think the other big shift is that, um, I mean, I'm like this. I'm 41. So I guess I'm at the tail end of, uh, you know, I'm kind of at the tail end of a millennial and kind of early, you know, Gen Y, right? So for me, um, you know, I, I built a business from nothing and I have 200 people who work with me and, you know, and we are pretty successful, you know, doing marketing for doctors and so forth. Um, for me, everything has to be like, I don't like to work hard. I want to work smart, right? Mm-hmm. So if you tell me, okay, you know, walk, you know, 10 hours to go from here to point B and take a car and get there in 20 minutes or half an hour, I would take the car. You know, I'm, I'm just exaggerating, but I'm always looking for that, you know, um, like I'll give you another example. In the old days, we would set up an appointment. I would email you. You would email me back, and we go round and round. Now I send a link which has access to my calendar. You pick your time that you want, and boom, you know that's it. You know, no back and forth. So you're always trying to find the shortcut, the smart way to do things. Um, and I think that might also come back to the why. Why am I doing it this way? Why can't I do it some other way, right? The old dentist will say, oh, I'm doing it this way just because that's what, that's the way I have done it always. And the young dentists are like, well, why should I? You know, that, so your, um, you sharing that reminds me of a great story. We brought into our practice about two years ago a tremendous young lady um, who was about 26 years old when she first started with us, and she was joining our administrative team. And her name was Katie. And then we have Lori, who had been with us for, boy, gosh, really since day one. And Lori is excellent. And, you know, every I is dotted, every T is crossed. She never, ever missed a beat in all the years we've worked together. And when Katie first began, Lori was like, you know, I'm not sure about this Katie. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, she's always Googling things. I I think she's probably spending more time doing things she shouldn't be doing than what she should. But the short story was exactly what you just said. Katie was trying to figure out the most efficient and effective way to do something because she didn't have the decade plus experience of doing it the same way. And, you know, tried and true, was successful for Lori, but Katie brought a new vision for success. And 
it didn't take us more than three months to sit everybody down and say, well, let's maximize what we know works well over time, and let's find new opportunities to do all of those things better than we've ever done them. And it was a really cool hybrid of um, a boomer and a millennial coming together with a different mindset. Right, right. So you're saying if I'm a boomer and I try to say, okay, this is my way and you're supposed to do this, it's not going to fly with that millennial. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, and I think how amazing, how powerful would it be if instead of the boomer who's been in dentistry for you know, 20, 30 years, sort of drawing a line in the sand and saying, this is the way we do it, how powerful would it be to say, hey, this is the way we know how to do this now but we're always open to great ideas and great suggestions. And maybe there's a better way that I just don't know yet. And so, you know, kind of, it's hard sometimes to put our ego aside and, and be humble. Right. But when we can do that, we really can grow. Right. Right. I mean, somebody described to me, uh, it's like the entitlement, not the entitlement, but I, like I have been here 20 years, therefore I deserve it mindset. And you can't blame them when you put 20 years of hard work and, you know, you kind of made a lot of sacrifices, right? I mean, I'm not just talking to dentists, even the team members. So when this young kid walks off the street, he's like, you know, he's like, I, I wouldn't put 20 years. I don't care that you have 20 years, right? Um, and they don't have this hierarchy and everybody's equal and, you know, they kind of think differently, right? You know, and uh, yeah, it's challenging, right? So, I mean... I have had these challenges, you know, like I've had conversations, you know, with some of my senior people. Well, I have an MBA, I have this, I have that. And and my attitude is, you know what, great, but, you know, I really care about ideas and how do we actually execute those ideas. Um, not necessarily the fact that you have all these degrees and all these certifications and all these things on your resume. Um, and I think, again, I don't want to ding the baby boomers, but I think sometimes the fact that you know everything might be the very thing that stands in your way because, yes, you knew everything that worked 10 years ago or even two years ago, but, you know, maybe we need to look at it from a fresh perspective. Like Steve Jobs said, you know, be a beginner again almost. Love that. I love that. I, I You know, a great friend of mine, I have many friends who uh, work in the NFL, and, and one of my great friends who does that, had an opportunity to uh, really get to know Jerry Rice. So, you know, for those of you who are listening who don't know, just world-class wide receiver, been many greats in the game, but nobody better. And they asked Jerry Rice, you know, how he was so successful for so long. And to your exact point, he simply said, I show up every year as if I was a rookie and I'd never made the team. So everything was brand new to me. And I was... I was green, I was fresh, and I, you know, I, I was as hungry as I was on day one, and, I, and I, I used my experience to my advantage. However, I never let my experience limit. And I thought that right. was such a cool way to explain it. Yeah, like the humility, right? You know, when you start thinking you are, you are nobody, you are just starting out from scratch. All of your ego, all of your, oh, well, I, I know everything and you don't know anything kind of vanishes. And, 100%. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I, I made a promise to myself many, many years ago 
that the day I had thought that I had learned everything there is to learn in dentistry was the day I needed to find a new position. Right. Right. If you know everything, what's the point? Life gets boring, right? You start dying now. There's nothing to look forward to. Yes, absolutely. So having worked with, do you work with a lot of more seasoned dentists? Uh, you know, or most of your time, especially with Ignite, is spent with young dentists? No, it's, it's um, most of my time I spend with young dentists. However, what what tends to happen on a fairly regular basis is seasoned dentists want to understand the young dentist. You know, the ones who who get it, who who want to bring somebody into their practice and to have that transition be highly successful. Um, we have a lot of conversations about, you know, just what we're saying right now. How does a young person think? Are there things I need to do differently? Do I need to... Is my my practice up to speed, or will somebody walk in and walk out? So, I guess the time I spend with seasoned dentists is is having the conversation that we're having right now. Right, right. So the first thing is the mindset, right? You know, hard work versus smart work. And the young dentist is going to say, you know, let me find the smart way to do it, not the hard way to do it. And so if you're open to it, you know, as a seasoned dentist, you can take advantage of it. He can actually, he or she can actually take your practice to a next level. And That's you just have to let him do it, let him go, and, you know, give him that freedom or flexibility without, you know, uh, kind of telling him, well, it won't work. You know, in other words, just take a little bit of a chance. Yeah. Brilliantly said. We we have a young dentist in our practice who worked, started working with us about eight months ago. And she's incredible. So if, if I'm a seasoned dentist, I've probably been highly successful for the last, you know, 20 to 30 years, however long that time frame is for you. And I, you've probably found knit, a niche or niches in dentistry that have served you well. And, you know, admittedly, my partner and I were walking that path. You know, we were we were excellent restorative dentists, and we have been really busy enough over the course of our careers to focus on our strength, which was, you know, restorative and cosmetically driven dentistry. The byproduct that, you know, that was our strength. Our, our weakness was, from a business standpoint, you know, there was $400,000 of dentistry re-referred to specialists every year. And... Laura, the young dentist who walked in with us, is incredible. She has tremendous experience with similar technologies that we already had that we were using for a restorative process, but for endodontics, for um, placing dental implants. And, you know, she walked in and within three short months, she was highly successful doing dentistry that my partner and I really just never enjoyed doing or we just stopped doing because we were so busy and our practice became incredibly successful because we captured all of that dentistry that we were previously referring and our patients were thrilled because they loved our team so much they really never wanted to leave the building in the first place. So there's huge opportunity whether you're a specialist or a general practitioner to really understand that concept and capture niches of dentistry that you probably have just 
passed on to somebody else because you're so busy. Right. Right. And the second thing I noticed, and maybe I'm wrong here, you, you could correct me. The younger dentists or the younger you know, generation in general, they like to grow. They want a relationship where they're being mentored and guided. Not like babysat and told what to do, but, you know, not just along the way, you know, kind of course corrections along the way. Is that is that something they crave? That's very, very true. And and that's um, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's another, you know, potential uh, hurdle. You know, as a seasoned dentist, you may have been, you know, you're on autopilot. You're coming in, you work with your assistants and your hygienists and your administrative team, and you're really not even necessarily thinking about all the things that you do because you're so accustomed to doing them at a high level. And in walks a young dentist, and, you know, you you could tend to feel like, oh, my gosh, they need to be spoon-fed. Oh, my gosh, they constantly need to be praised, told they're doing a great job. But if you're just willing to flip that coin and instead of putting, um, you know, a negative connotation on it, put a positive one on, you, you said it well. They, they want to be mentored. They want to know what's going well. And they also want to know what isn't going well so they can get better faster because they don't want to get good 10 years from now. They want to they want to be tremendous today or tomorrow or six right. months from now. So it does take a lot of um, mentoring on a day-to-day basis, but it's worth it. Right. It's like the iPhone that gets updating, keeps updating itself every couple of weeks, every couple of months to get better. And I guess people are like that. I mean, the younger generation, they kind of keep upgrading their game. And if you can yeah. provide that, you know, but again, you don't have to spend three hours with them. Maybe a, you know, two-minute tip here, or, you know, one, you know, 10-second appreciation there, you know, hey, this is good. Just keep doing this, you know. That Absolutely. Right. Makes sense. The other thing I, I, I realized, and maybe I'm not sure if you experienced the difference, so I'll give you an example. So, you know, we have a marketing team, and, you know, so this podcast, for example, it's teamwork. So I do the podcast. I have a lady who's really good at relationships. She selects the host because she's very good at that, and she knows, you know, who to pick, and, you know, she knows me and the kind of podcast I do really well, and that's her role. And then we have a social media person, and this person loves social media, and social media is about growing audiences, so he knows how to grow audiences. We have somebody who just produces these things and, you know, edits them and we do lots of interesting things with them. Like, you know, um, we call them dental nuggets. So we would take this and break it into pieces and have different dental nuggets. And then I have somebody, anytime we have a new idea, like, you know, for the first time, he or she would experiment with it and launch it. So, you know, when we first launched the podcast, we didn't even know how to get somebody like you, somebody who's so experienced and knowledgeable to want to even talk to us. But... We just tried it the first time. It didn't work. We learned from it and tried the second time. So so it's a teamwork between four people. Everybody does their piece. They love what their piece is. Of course, to figure out what that piece is, you need to understand them at a deeper level and you need to figure out, you know, their, their Kobe's or, you know, Mayor's Bridge and so forth. But then it's really creating the teamwork and that's magic. You know, it's it's almost like a football team. You know, we all do our small piece, but together we are formidable. Right, and um, I don't know. I'm just asking: is that is that typical of just young people? Or is, I mean, I mean, I don't think a lot of teams do what we do, even young people. But I'm just wondering: do you think that they like to play in their 
in their space as opposed to trying to be a master of everything? You know, I feel like um, the millennial generation definitely prefers that. Now, Generation Z coming up next may or may not feel the same way, but I do, I do see um, the younger generation. They, they, they do. It's, um, it is a community. It is a group. We are a team, and they understand what you you mentioned a little while back. You know, strength finders, and 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 I, I'm going to be a whole lot more successful if I focus on what I'm inherently good at and surround myself with people who are inherently good at things that can support that vision. So absolutely. And, you know, if you look at the evolution of dentistry, we started off years ago and it was, you know, one person, there was more solo dental practices out there than anything else. It was a very um, maybe introverted profession at one point in time. There was a dentist with an assistant and a hygienist and a front office person, and then practices began to, you know, grow uh, into, you know, maybe two dentists with partners, and now there's small groups and big groups and mid- middle middle sized groups, and and part of that is, you know, the economy of dentistry today, um, for better or for worse, and part of that just is, like you said, a young person's um, outlook on life versus where we were 30 years ago. All right. So we talked about uh, mindsets, you know, uh, working hard versus working smart. We talked about um, mentoring and, and kind of those little nudges, you know, not like these, you know, long training sessions. So, so instead of looking down on it, the senior dentist perhaps could, seasoned dentist perhaps could, you know, kind of embrace it and understand it and 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 play that role. We should make the, you know, the the, the young dentist much more engaged. We talked about teamwork and really understanding people because people tend to want to play in their sweet spot, you know, whatever that sweet spot is. And then figuring out the teamwork between the people who are playing in their sweet spot. Now, let's talk about happiness. You know, um, again, again, it comes back to mindset. The old mindset was I work my tails off till I'm 65 and then I retire and then I enjoy my life. The new mindset is why do I need to wait till I'm 65 to enjoy my life? Why can't I enjoy my life today? Right, um, yeah. which means you know they they're not as worried about you know I mean most young people they're happy with their smartphone that's all they need that's not the only position they have you know and then they spend it on traveling and so they need time off and quality and and um, so the older generation postpone happiness till they retire the younger generation doesn't want to do that anymore and um, and this is happening with societal changes you know. Uh, you know, let's say fast forward 10 years from now when we have self-driving cars, meaning a cars are running 24 hours a day as opposed to one hour a day because the rest of the time it's parked in a garage. Um, you know, the cost of owning a car would go down, right? Lots of things are starting to go down. So in addition to just technology going down, pretty much technology is driving everything else cost down. So the, 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 the importance of money, at least as the number one driver, is becoming less and less. So it's kind of interesting. What's your take on how to motivate? Like, you know, money, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe money is not the way to motivate a young dentist. Maybe letting him do what he loves, maybe giving him that mentoring and guiding and appreciation, maybe uh, letting him, you know, follow his passion. I'm just asking, what's your experience on, you know, uh, happiness and how they think about happiness and just curious. 
I, you know, I agree with many things that you said. You know, I, if you looked, if you look at today's generation, um, it's it's instead of living to work, which is what you know most of the boomers did, they work to live. So balance is incredibly important. So for us, and you know, as we motivate um, this new generation, it's it is about appreciation. It's about um, time is the most valuable commodity, like you mentioned, not not money anymore. And and for me, um, it's about empowerment. I think young dentists today want to feel like they're a part of something bigger. You know. I don't want to minimize, minimize um, what we do, you know, as dentists or, you know, any dental professional, but today's dentist wants to be more than, quote, just a dentist. You know, what are they doing to positively affect the lives of their communities, their friends, their families? And, and today's community is very different, too. You know, for the boomer, community might mean their neighborhood or uh, or region of the country and community for the young dentist today is it's global and hmm. you know they have friends all over the world so it's it's not about um you know just spending time for me in East Amherst New York it's you know when will I be on the west coast when will I travel abroad I can help we're all people we're all family and and I can help people anywhere in the world and it's just as important and it's a very valuable piece of the puzzle. So I think um, creating a practice that has balance and has a very strong appreciation for time and empowering people to follow their dreams and figuring out how to do that. And there's so many ways to do that in a practice. And, you know, our practice is a really great example. The traditional model would say you get up and work from nine to five, from Monday to Friday, and that's what you do. And and if you're going to work three or four days a week, well, it's got to be Monday to Thursday and or Tuesday to Friday. And it's with multiple dentists and small groups being really the model of the future, the possibilities are limitless when you consider what matters most to today's young professional. You know, you could work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday one week, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday the next. And, you know, every other week you have a very long weekend and you can get in your car and drive or hop on a plane and fly and you can be anywhere in the world. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned it really, it reminded me of Tim Ferriss's book, you know, the four hour work week, which is um, a, a, a great read for those who haven't read it on how to achieve um, successful happiness and balance in your life as you work, as opposed to creating this milestone of a date that you need to reach before you actually get to go out and live. Hmm. Yeah, what you're saying makes sense, right? I mean, as a society, we are moving up the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, 100 years ago, we spent most of our time just putting food on the table. Now we spend 10%. And probably 30 years from now, we'll probably spend 10% of our time living, meaning to pay our living expenses, because a lot of these things like cars and homes will become cheaper and cheaper and Location doesn't matter anymore. You don't need to live in the big city and you can be anywhere. Like I run a business with 200 people. Everybody works from home. So I could be in Iceland for all I care. You know what I mean? As long as there's an internet connection. Um, so it's changing. It's, it's, it's evolving. So I think as a society, you know, 
what is the Maslow needs, right? You know, uh, safety and, you know, that's the uh, money and job security. Those things come in and then comes, uh, I might be mixing it up, but uh, ego and then comes community and then comes purpose. So you're saying as we move up and up as a, as a society, because you don't need that much money or our views are changing, you know, um, you know, for example, in the old days, we have to fly somewhere and pay $500 if you're going to San Francisco to get a hotel in a busy season. Now you can, you know, stay in an Airbnb for 150 You know, um, in the old days, you have to hire a taxi. Now you can get an Uber for half the price, and hopefully in five years, you can get a self-driving Uber for like one-fifth the price. Hmm. So, you know, all of these things are changing. So I is what you're saying is the way you motivate a young person is not with money. It's not with, you know, this is my way or the highway. It's by, you know, mentoring. It's by giving them flexibility. It's by allowing them to find that meaning in their work. So like you said, more than a dentist, right? Which is, hey, you know, I I make someone, I change someone's life by changing their smile or I help somebody be healthy by educating and, you know, really doing amazing dentistry or, I um, work with this amazing team of people who are all really good at what they do and love what they do, and we all come together and do magic, right? So it's, I mean, if the older generation wants to, you know, not fight and and then kind of say, hey, I tried four people and nothing worked, uh, you know, four young partners and nothing worked, if they want to kind of overcome that, they need to kind of change the way they think. Uh, am Am I on the right track? You are absolutely on the right track. Yeah, you know it's 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 one of the one of my favorite quotes of if you just change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Right. It's, it's that simple, but that hard. Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's like you can break your head against the wall because you have the wrong map. I mean, let's say you're in New York and you have a map of Chicago. It doesn't matter how hard you try, you're going to get lost. And very, when very the times true. change. You know, we need a new map, right? A New York map from the 1960s is not going to cut it anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And a willingness to just take the old map, which you always knew to be true, and put it aside. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So we talked about mindset. We talked about happiness. We talked about, um, uh, we talked about, you know, appreciation and mentoring uh, we talked about teamwork. Anything else you think that separates the young young dentist? No, I don't know that this would be a a separator of the young dentist and the seasoned dentist, but what I feel is paramount to everybody's success, and it's one of our you know pillars for success at Ignite DDS is it's just it's leadership. And all of these things we're talking about right now are uh, characteristics of great leaders as they look at young dentists and bring them into their practice. And it's it's just as valuable for a young dentist coming in to, you know, be open to the existing way of doing things, to open to understanding where that boomer dentist is is coming from and what it took for uh, him or her to get where they are. but Leadership is so important, and it's such—it's it's probably the most important skill set we have as a dentist. Because at the end of the day, we're we're owners of small to medium-sized businesses, and 
people are going to follow us whether we do a great job as leaders or a really bad job at leaders. So learning those skill sets is so very, very important. Right, right. So leadership is not telling people what to do. It's pretty much making people want to do something, right? So, of course, the more you understand people and how different they are, the more you can make them want to do it. Right. You know, so people would people would say, uh, you know, um, you know, somebody drank the Kool-Aid when they bought into it. But I think, you know, leadership isn't really about making somebody drink the Kool-Aid. It's about making them thirsty. And right. Right. Then they just inherently want to have right. you're working with. Right. But to do that kind of leadership, you have to be vulnerable. You have to let go of that ego. You have to let go of that, you know, I know everything and you should listen to me. Really, yeah, you do. You have to be. You have to be willing to. Um, I think one of the most difficult things for dentists is we're we're similar to professional athletes this way. There are many seasoned dentists who've been doing dentistry for so long, and because of that boomer upbringing, dentistry or being a dentist defines who they are, and that definition, unfortunately they look in the mirror and they feel like, well, I have to be the very best dentist and anyone else I work with has to be second best. And if you want right. to be the leader who makes them thirsty, your entire goal has to be um, looking at you know, the next dentist. Like you would look at your kids. I want them to be better than I am. I want them to have better than I have. And I want to do everything in my power to mentor them and bring them along to that place. Right. Right. It's kind of interesting. One of the people I admire, uh, I've looked up to, in, not in all the cases, but in some cases, is Elon Musk. And uh, his company is all purpose-driven, meaning one his purpose is to you know, explore the space, right? Go to Mars and colonize Mars. The other one is, you know, the purpose is, you know, um, clean energy and, you know, how we can use clean energy to transform transportation and, you know, and then solar power panels and stuff. So he's purpose-driven. He's not you know, product-driven, he's not features-driven, he's not money-driven. And in some cases, some of the decisions they make, for example, a lot of the designs and stuff for the electric cars, they just open-source it. They just give it to everybody. You want it? Take it. You know, because his thinking is that more and more people are doing it, it's going to drive down prices, it's going to create competition, so which is good. And eventually, even though he has that mindset, he's so far ahead because he's the one who's changing the game, Everybody wants to be him, but nobody is him. So eventually, still he wins. I mean, there's about half a million people who lined up to buy a car that he hasn't even started making yet, right? I mean, and paid thousand bucks each. Yep, absolutely incredible. And uh, but that's hard, though, right? How do you go from you know this scarcity and you know I'm in this little you know you know this little box to you know abundance and you know sky's the limit and by making my assistant smarter than I am, actually, it's good for me. That's kind of a hard concept. It is. And, you know, I guess if I had to offer one piece of advice to people, it's to, you know, find uh, find people who are already highly successful doing what you want to do or who you want to become. So, you know, take that lesson no matter what age you are or what stage of your career you are and seek out people who have found a way to let go, no matter how old they are, and spend as much time with them as possible and 
I guess as they say, birds of a feather will flock together and good things will rub off and great things will happen. Right. I really, really enjoyed this. And maybe we could do uh, a second podcast or some other live event and hopefully share more ideas and, you know, um, because I think you, you, I mean, of course, you talk to a lot of people and help a lot of people. So you have a lot of knowledge and wisdom. I would love that too. No, this has been great. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks a lot. I really, really enjoyed our conversation today. Any, uh, if people want to learn more about you, how do they find you? Uh, the easiest way to, two easiest ways to find me are to go to www com, and there's a hot button there that has my name David Rice on it. If you click on that it kicks to every wonderful piece of technology I own in an instant um, or um, more than welcome to email me at david.rice at ignitedds.com but love what I do. It's an honor and a privilege and I'm happy to help whomever I can. That's awesome. I mean, uh, you've helped 14,000 people, and I'm sure you're going to help even more. So david.rice at ignitedds.com or go to ignitedds.com and click on david.rice, and they can get a hold of you that way. Perfect. Any closing words of advice? Any any closing thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I would just say thank you. This has been uh, a great experience, and... Uh, you know, to everybody who's listening, gratitude has an amazing way of um, making life happier and easier for you. So even on the hard days, there's always something to be grateful for and find it and surround yourself with some great people and life gets so much simpler that way. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Rice. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of growingdentist.com.